This is WKOK Sunrise on your station for the best news, talk, and sports. News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. 70 degrees right now at WKOK. In our studios, movie Mike McGranahan is here, professional movie critic. He is an author and a women in cinema advocate, and he has his review of Jungle Cruise. Disney has already made movies based on their theme park attractions, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Country Bears, The Haunted Mansion, and Tomorrowland. They're at it again with Jungle Cruise. If they keep going at this rate, we can expect It's a Small World and the Hall of Presidents to be turned into action movies in the near future. Anyway, Emily Blunt plays a doctor looking for a mythical tree whose petals are rumored to have magical healing properties. To get to the remote location in the Amazon jungle where she thinks it is, she hires a tour guide slash con artist with a rickety old boat. He's played by Dwayne Johnson. They face plenty of hazards along the way, including whitewater rapids, hostile tribes, and a submarine driving German aristocrat who's also looking for the tree. The early scenes of Jungle Cruise are the best, as they have a Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of playfulness in their adventure. At the end, it goes needlessly overboard with elaborate visual effects and weird creatures. Nevertheless, the film holds together because Johnson and Blunt are a dream team. Their chemistry is amazing, so we come to care about their characters amid all the CGI mayhem. Clever action scenes and witty dialogue add to the fun. I don't think anyone could ever make a great movie based on a theme park ride, but Jungle Cruise is two straight hours of pure, unapologetic escapist entertainment. On a scale of one to four, I give it three tickets to Disneyland. Oh, just three. I thought we were bumping up to 3.5 there. Now, it's, um, like I said, towards the end, it really gets into that Pirates of the Caribbean mode where there's just a lot of CGI and crazy things going on. It's a little bit over board. I like the earlier scenes better. Uh, but the movie does hold together because we care about these two characters. And there's a nice human story in the middle of all this mayhem. And Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt were meant to be on screen together. Their interplay is just so much fun. And some of the sarcastic lines they deliver to each other are funny. Uh, so I think it's worth seeing for them. It's, it's not a great movie, but if you just want to go and have some escapist entertainment and kind of go for a theme park ride, uh, this will fit the bill. Is it a love story? It's one of those movies where they start off, you know, bickering and they can't stand each other, and lo and behold, by the end, they're warming up to one another. I don't think that's a spoiler. You'll see that coming a mile away. Well, it's in the trailer. Yeah. You can see they start to find this care about right. the other person just a little bit. Okay, so that's, yeah, that's no big reveal there. Well, okay, so the sequel, they, sequel, they fall outright in love, then we'll, we'll think about maybe that happening. So you enjoyed this a little unbelievable, but your suspension of disbelief might be a little bit more skeptical. So, you, you know, but uh, maybe a younger person might uh, just uh, follow right in, okay? It's one, Yeah, it's one of those movies that just goes from the beginning and never lets up. So I think that it will appeal. I mean, it's PG-13, but I think it will appeal to kids 10 and up. There's just enough going on at all times uh, that kids will like it and a lot of crazy action and things like that. So, um yeah, you know, the movie clues you in pretty early on that it's not going to be a very realistic movie. And I think that that was a smart move because that prepares us for what's coming. That this is going to go to... Well, yeah, when you see the uh, surface... When he jumps his boat, or boat to jump, torpedoes, yeah. Have a good time with it. All right, yeah. Tickets to Disneyland. All right. Masking requirements back in it. And we find that in movies. Scenes in this are just boring, the, uh, compelling at all. So, at all. And where's that popping? My pick of the week. This is a movie that... But it's also available on... Who had... He was a... Uh, 
WikiLeaks in government files on and he claimed give away too much but it, it takes every five minutes it's going in and then another hitch you know what happened it's else and if that's truly really interesting film about conspiracy theories and I'm so it's called enemies riveted from start to finish as I but documentary and there's a whole other angle I'm appreciated the movie except to say that again a couple of minutes okay. and starting today Where's it all? yes he was admitted to the hospital and we can probably assume it comes from his son who both in comedy and drama he's having a great year otherwise in terms of how people saw him call Saul that so got drawn into it uh, but well and he is a talented saying goodbye to a musician of uh, everyone's top passed away at the after he had supposedly because of an he has died but uh, and this is a great time for me to recommend wherever you started out how they developed this in the sunglasses and everything and their music are ZZ Top fan went ZZ Top fan. my blending the first one or maybe maybe it's a forehead <laughs> okay. right uh, sure this this is crazy first streaming service are the Exorcist 400 for three has cared about the Exorcist was three which was a bomb they do another version they did what he did with it so they shelved it they hired Rennie Harlan to remake the film that bombed then they released Schrader's version it bombed so this seems like a lot of money to put out there for something that really no one has cared about <laughs> since the early to mid 1970s but they are bringing back Ellen Burstyn as Chris McNeil the character she played in the original film so that part is kind of interesting but uh, I don't know that the world needs more Exorcist at this point why was the Exorcist so successful and why were its sequels so unsuccessful well the original was just incredibly scary and it introduced a lot of questions about possession and God and the devil and faith I mean it's a classic horror movie for a reason the sequels were just silly they were trying to recapture something that they couldn't recapture and of course William Friedkin did not make any of them he was a big part of why the movie worked so well because it was a very passionate subject matter to him and he's talked openly about the fact that in researching for The Exorcist he came to believe in the devil and in possession so this was a story that was really personal to him and so he made it a very tight scary film and the sequels were just trying to capitalize off of the success of that movie. All right, so they, they didn't work. All right, new movies, what's coming out this week? Uh, aside from Jungle Cruise, we have Stillwater, in which Matt Damon plays a guy from Oklahoma who has to go to France after his daughter is accused of a crime that she may or may not have committed, kind of loosely based on the Amanda Knox story, and she's not happy about it. Uh, and we also have The Green Knight, which is a new fantasy version of the tale of uh, Gawain and the Green Knight. And this one comes from director David Lowry, who made a Ghost Story and the Peach Dragon remake, the Robert Redford movie, Old Man and the Gun. So this will be a version of that story quite unlike anything you've ever seen. Oh, all right. That might be interesting. We'll look, we'll, we'll look to see how that uh, pans out. Movie Mike, we'll see you at the movies. See you there. Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic. His website, aisleseat.com, and uh, follow him on Twitter, at aisleseat.com.